Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 30, What Are Feelings Really? with Gail Brenner. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to Changeable. This is part two in the Feelings February series that I'm running this month. And in today's episode, you're going to hear a conversation between me and my friend and colleague, Gail Brenner. Now, Gail is the author of a few books, but my favorite, her most recent, is called Suffering is Optional. It's a great title. And when I read Gail's book um, last year, Suffering is Optional, it was really awesome. I kind of, um, I guess if you would have asked me, I would have on some level known a lot of what she shares in the book. But I had some really big insights reading that book about feelings, about what they really are. And and it really opened up in me a new appreciation for how our experience of feelings and our misunderstanding of feelings is so different than what's really going on. So I think in this month where we're looking at feelings in all, all different ways, really kind of inspired, as I mentioned in last week's episode, inspired by this question of are feelings safe? You know, to really get a feel, a deep knowing for not only how safe feelings are, but for what they're really up to. Like, what are they really? And what are they showing us? And what do we do with them, if anything? To get this this full picture this conversation that you're about to hear between myself and Gail is really, really key. She takes us beneath the hood, really looking at, okay, what's going on when we feel something, when we have some emotion? It's a super important piece of the puzzle. I love Gail. I love the way she talks about this stuff. So enjoy this episode. Hi, Gail. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thanks. Hi, Amy. Hi. I'm really, um, really looking forward to talking to you as I thought about this whole topic of feelings and what are they and are they safe and what do we do with them and just this whole giant topic of feelings. You were the first person that came to mind because um, when I read your book, Suffering is Optional, I mean, it, it really opened up for me something and and a door that had been closed before. And I don't even know exactly what that was, but after reading your book, feelings just, just um, looked different. <laughs> so let me, let me uh, ask you, like, what do you see about, you know, what, what are feelings, I guess? Let's start there. That's a really good place to start because um, when we think about feelings or we feel them, they seem overwhelming. So to really bring our logic to this topic of feelings and really look at like, what is this experience in the moment that we're talking about? It's super important and super helpful to do that. So any feeling is a, has two aspects to it. One is the story about the feeling that's going on in our minds that we tell ourselves. And that story can even start with the label of it. Like when somebody comes to me and they say, I'm depressed, I don't take that as face value. I want, that's, that's the beginning of a label of some very uh, profound experience for that person. 
So I want to know more about that. So just the label or the story needs to be recognized because you need to go deeper with it. And then the second aspect of feelings is there's always something happening in the body, some physical sensations that are happening or energy moving or vibration or something. So when we take that physical experience, and let's use fear as an example, where we often the body contracts and there might be an increase in the heart rate and some other effects in the body. And then we call that fear and we talk about it in our minds as fear. Then we're in the, the feeling of fear. So that's, that's what it is that we're talking about. And just by kind of pulling it apart in that way brings up um, lots of options for how to approach it. Yeah, I love that. So, so this, there's physical sensations and then there's like a, a story and labels and a story around those. And even just, just looking at those two pieces, it starts to really cast some doubt or some suspicion on, oh, is this really... Like like my mind labels it a certain thing, but it's not that. We feel the label, right? Is is really what you're saying. Exactly. There's actually been some research done on patterns of sensation in the body. And the pattern for fear and the pattern for excitement are similar. So it depends on how the brain, how the mind interprets it, what narrative we tell ourselves about what's going on. Yeah. And I think we all intuitively kind of sense that, you know, there is a fine line sometimes. And and we've all heard people that get, you have this like butterfly feeling or this energized feeling and they'll call it different things. And you can see that it actually is different things for them. It also was making me think of, you know, when I first heard the question that kicked this whole series off is are feelings safe? It made me think of how often we seek out feelings and like like even fear. I mean, we go to scary movies, we ride roller coasters, we read mystery novels, you know, like we love the feeling of fear with the right story. Right? Is that is that true of any emotion, you think? Um I would say probably not, because I think what you're describing, there's a thrill seeking aspect to that. I most people don't try to feel sad or grief or, you know, those are those are emotions that come, but um I don't think people for the most part necessarily seek them out. But if you're watching a sad movie or something, I mean, it's a very different experience. Like we could so easily look at that and say, well, of course it's not your life, but that's not really what it is. It's, it's the thoughts and the story and the meaning. If we look beneath the circumstance, right? If we're watching a sad movie versus a, something that we experience as sad happens in our lives, the difference isn't that it's real versus fiction. The difference is down to that thinking. Exactly. So, you know, in one circumstance, we're watching a sad movie. In another, we're watching the sad movie of our own lives. So in that sense, um, you know, there's, there's a similarity there, but also a difference. But what, what's coming up for me in this conversation so far is how malleable that story is. You know, it depends on the frame that you put on the experience. So there's a direct experience, which is, sensations or heaviness or, you know, whatever it might be in a given moment. And then the frame that we put on that, the, the, the narrative, the story, those are all the same words for the different words for the same thing, makes it a completely different experience. And it's amazing to know that that, that can shift. Yeah. So are feelings showing us something? Like, what would you say feelings are showing us, if anything? Well, sometimes um, I think it's 
useful to give like a little bit of attention to the feeling, like if fear comes up around something, to give a little bit of attention to that, to see if there's something um, real that needs to be taken care of in our environments and um, or within ourselves. So I think there's a certain kind of wisdom that can be there, but a lot of feeling and the place where people get stuck in feelings isn't that wisdom part of the feeling it's the conditioned part and it's the dr drama part and it's the the one that um that, that throws our lives on end um, and that's what needs more of our attention so i remember i was actually taught this early early on that you know when we feel something feelings are showing us something about our outside environment so kind of to what you're saying, like there can be some of that wisdom in there. We feel fear. It might make sense to look and make sure that we're safe, right? And I think just naturally that's part of our design is that we we do probably look out and see if we're safe. But I love, I mean, this piece that you're adding is like gigantic and it makes all the difference because that's not the same as feeling fear and then and then concluding, oh no, I better go inside and hide. <laughs> or like you were sharing, like you're about to go on a big trip, like you felt fear about it. Of course, right? That doesn't mean like you didn't jump to the conclusion, okay, this is showing me this or it's showing me that. So there's a huge difference in, in that. Absolutely. When fear is limitation and leads to limitation, which it often does, that's more of a conditioned response. And it's a movement away from our natural aliveness when we're listening to that fear rather than being with the fear and not letting it be the thing that's in charge. So if we can know, as we see more about this and we start saying, okay, all my feelings and emotions are an aliveness, a sensation or an energy in my body. And then always, no matter what, no matter how much we know about this, always our mind comes in and starts giving it labels and stories. Just sitting in that awareness would you say that's kind of all we need or do we need more? Like there's so much just in that awareness, right? Because naturally, the more you see that naturally, the less seriously you're going to take the stories and the whole life cycle of the feeling is going to probably be pretty different. But is there more than just that awareness that you think is helpful? Ultimately, it boils down to that awareness and it is so profound as you're saying. But what I find is that these patterns of feelings are very sticky and some of them go back way into our childhoods and they're, you know, from early trauma. And those are the ones that, that maybe having that insight isn't enough to, um, it might be, which is wonderful, but there might be tools that need to be applied um, to support the, that insight being lived. So one would be, and this is um, something I talk about a lot, is just taking a breath, just feeling the feeling, you know, it, it comes and then noticing the drama around it, like, oh, it's a feeling or I have to avoid it or, you know, whatever the, the, um, the, the normal response is, the conditioned response. And just to take a breath and calm everything down and slow everything down and, and be, being able to then get a handle on what's actually happening. Because our minds go into distorted thinking very quickly um, when, they're, when it's conditioned. Um, especially from early conditioning. So good to be very kind to ourselves as we're dealing with these feelings because they're, they're, they're a hard place for a lot of people. Yeah. And what about when people dive into the content of the thoughts? Like, what does that do for us? Uh, not much. <laughs> it, <laughs> not much good. <laughs> not much good. It promotes the suffering. I mean, the, the suffering, I mean, this is a, 
you know, once you get this insight, it's you're well on your way to being free of all of this because, uh, and the insight is to know that any thought around a feeling is not going to support the freedom from the feeling. The thought keeps the feeling stuck. And the thought being the story, the narrative, anything mental about the feeling keeps it stuck because it's, it's a story about the feeling. The, the way to find freedom from the feeling is to go into the direct experience of the feeling in the body, in the moment, which is not in the mind. Because when we're in the mind, we're, you know, oh, that, you know, yesterday that person gave me a funny look and, and was probably going to reject me, you know, and we can spin forever in stories like that. And, and there's no freedom in that at all. But to just put the stop sign on that kind of thinking and to move our attention away from that, to take a breath and to open to our experience in the present moment and be kind to our sensations and the, as, they're, as they're arising, that's where the freedom is. It's so precognitive, like where we want to go, you know, and, and it's so tough because we're all very cognitive. And even now we're having this cognitive conversation about it. And like you said, in the beginning, we're, we're looking at the logic of it and the what's illogical about it and all of that, which is wonderful as a, as a way to gain bigger awareness of it. But it's kind of ironic because in that moment, that's the last thing we want to do or are even really able to do. We want to go deeper than all that thinking. Exactly. Exactly. And in the midst of that, and I know this is something you talk about a lot, is recognizing that there's something else there besides this feeling. There's a narrative that we can kind of, you know, put this stop to. There's a, um, a sensations in the body, but there's also this, you know, natural aliveness, this purity of our being um, that's also here. And it's good to recognize that even when we're there with the physical sensations, there's something untouched yeah. in that moment that's available to us. Yeah. Um, it's just so obvious. I, I, just as we talk to, I'm just getting hit with little insights about just how sticky that content is and how everything has always pointed us innocently toward, oh, you're suffering? Well, Why? Which, which takes us straight into the content in our heads, right? In our reasons and our here's why and then our biased memories and just so much of that. And just, um, yeah, I mean, just that. So a medicine for that, I completely agree about the why question. It, it, it promotes the mental activity. So a, a shift around that would be curiosity about our in-the-moment experience. Just be, instead of being trying to find the reasons or supporting more mental content is just a, a relaxation around that and a curiosity about what's actually here in the moment. And feelings, you know, there's a lot of fear of feeling. So there's a narrative about the feeling and then there's a fear of the feeling itself. And um, which I think is why your um, student was talking about feelings potentially being unsafe. And feelings are, are essentially they're not unsafe, but if you're not used to turning toward them, it can feel that way. You're afraid you're going to cry forever. You're afraid you're going to be overwhelmed. You're afraid you're going to have a breakdown. And because this well of feelings when it's unexplored can feel scary. And I totally understand that. But that's where this, you know, guidance, it, it can be really useful to, you know, read, participate in, you know, um, programs like you or I offer, you know, that kind of thing to get the support to know that you can go into that feeling and, um, and ultimately find the freedom from it. 
Yeah. Because again, to kind of come full circle, essentially what it is, is energy. And it's just, it's just, a, I don't know, to me, it's just like aliveness. <laughs> like we, we, you know, we're always having this energy move through us and these sensations. And that just, that's great news. That means we're alive. And so again, as the story and the labels and stuff start to kind of fade into the background a little more, what we're left with is a bigger looking, a bigger feeling into just that energy and, and, it's in motion, which is why they call it emotion, right? So it's like we can't get lost in it, really. Yeah, we can't in its purity. We, what we get lost in is the mind, but we don't get lost in the emotion. The emotion itself, the direct experience of it, the physical sensations, the energy, that's just here, and it's, it's completely benign. There's nothing wrong or scary or threatening about that energy. If you find if it's found to be threatening, it's because the mind is telling you some story about that energy. But without that mind story, there's there's nothing here to be afraid of. Yeah. And that's why so many of us talk so much about the true nature of thought as well. Again, not to keep going into the cognitive and looking there, but like just really see, yeah, it's really smart. <laughs> and it's really, you know, it has this very logical, all about me feel to it. It's talking about our lives. It's given us evidence for things and memories. And I mean, it's an amazing storyteller, but to just have even like a tiny bit of suspicion, I think, goes a long way. And that's what I feel like your work does. And hopefully my work does for people is it's like, um, we don't need to get in there and pick it apart, but we just want to keep shining that light and saying, yeah, like the other, other night I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a thought about a conversation I had with a colleague that I thought didn't go well. And it was like, it was one of those moments where I noticed the thought and then I noticed the feeling like someone had just punched me in the stomach. And it was just, you know, sometimes it's not that obvious, but it was in that case. And it was especially because it was two o'clock in the morning and I'm in my cozy bed and there's no problem. <laughs> Everything's safe around me, you know, and I could just see and feel this whole thing unfolding. And even in that, it was like, yeah, but yeah, but I said this and yeah, but he said that. And just that pull to the story, but just to kind of know, you know, in that in that moment, like, yeah, that's how your mind's going to, like, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to try to think my way out of that. Of course, there's a compelling story. But again, like you said, back into the feeling. And it's like instantaneous almost that as soon as we feel that energy, it starts to dissipate, maybe especially when we look toward it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, what you're saying is um, really important, I think, that, um, and, you know, you experienced that feeling and I was experiencing fear this, this morning, early in the morning. And, you know, these, this is the human life. These feelings come. You know, there's, not, there's no like desired state where you're never experiencing difficult feelings ever again. It's not what happens. So it's just part of the ebb and flow of the human life to feel these energies. And then our job becomes like, how can we be with this? in a way that, um, that, that doesn't increase our suffering and doesn't increase our stuckness, but can help us to open and be more and more free with the experience of these feelings. Yes. And a big part of that is what you just said, I think, is just not, think, you know, not being in this misunderstanding that we're going to change it. <laughs> like, like we can change our experience of it, but we're not going to not feel. 
Exactly. Exactly. And what you were just saying also about not finding the solution in the thoughts. The solution, if there's one message I want to get across right now, it's like the solution to the feelings is not in your thoughts. You're not going to figure it out. But being with the feeling in a very... Um, um, you know, mindful and in the moment way that changes the whole experience of it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gail. I love this conversation. I think, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> we get excited talking about this. I can tell, <laughs> but I think it's going to be so helpful for so many people. It is just one of those things that looks like this giant monster until you start to really look and you're like, Oh, that's all it was. And it's really, really cool to get to share. That. It's exactly like that. Thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. Great talking with you. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I hope you're enjoying this Feelings February feature on Changeable. Join me back here next week for part three in the series, where I'll talk with Amanda Jones about the different ways that we try to manage our feelings and where that leads us. And it's nowhere good. I also want to let you know that the Little School of Big Change reopens in just a few weeks on March 11th. Little School of Big Change is the place to be for a comprehensive, life-changing course that's taught from this new paradigm. It's perfect if you're looking to see this paradigm more deeply, if you're looking to find freedom from habits, addiction, anxiety, or anything that feels like it's been holding you back. If you're curious about the school and how it works, I have a totally free highlight series for you. The Little School of Big Change Highlights is a short, five-part video series giving you some of the highlights of the school and what's taught there. So head over to the littleschoolofbigchange.com slash highlights to check that out.